0: Welcome to the Rantyne Baptist Church podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Rantyne Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. So before we look at the sermon, what is our church about? What is our vision? You should know it but Well, there's a game away no (laughs) go very simple no what do we mean by no is that we all need to get to know god personally not about god but we need our own testimony Amen? amen and then we need to build relationships with each other please don't come to church and go out of church take a little bit of time to get to know the people in the body of christ your brothers and sisters then to grow several areas in which you want to grow grow to spiritual maturity there should not be a person in rbc that after being here a while says i don't know how to pray well if you're growing you know how to pray eventually reading your bible things like that growing in our care for one another right and then also into a life of service find something to do in god's kingdom service And then the last thing is to go. We want to reach our friends, our families, our colleagues for the Lord. Invite them to church. Or if you're in the youth ministry, make an appointment for Christy. Uh, She'll go out there and she'll visit them. Amen. But she's not the only one. We all have to do our part. And then develop missional partnerships with mission organizations. And Jane will help us there. All right. Very simple. Go to the next slide. Good. Now who can tell it to me? It's very easy. What is our vision? Know, grow, and go. Very quickly. You could have been saying, oh, oh, oh. And with a mask, I would have thought you said, oh, no, grow, go. Okay, I couldn't tell the difference. So we're looking at our praise and worship series. Last week, we looked at praising, worshiping God, Without words, we say when you just trust God in your storm and you don't do nothing frantically because you're standing still in the peace of God, that over there is an expression of confidence in God. You're worshiping God right there. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. Stop panicking regardless of the storm and what your boat's doing. God's got this. Now we're continuing to look at worshiping without words so 1 Corinthians 10 31 says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of God everything we do is for the glory of God so worship is a lifestyle when we get together and sing we're just doing worship a little bit differently but you may leave the service and your worship takes on a different expression You know, too often we say worship is for the holy place, the church. When we get together with the holy people, God's people, when we do a holy thing, we're singing to God. What about the rest of the time? Are we not worshiping? Is worship limited to 20-30 minutes on a Sunday morning? It's not meant to be. Of course, God's word teaches us that. So let me ask you the question. Can you worship at work? I can, my place of work, I worship. In your place of work? You may find, hmm, I don't know about raising my hands, singing a song. And didn't you say we should kneel and lay prostrate? What happens if the boss walks in? I'm supposed to be teaching a class. So I'm just, just give me a moment, I'm worshipping. And you may feel, I can't do that. What about at school? You can't get up in the middle of your class and shout, Hallelujah. The teacher will say, uh, detention, something like that. But that's if we feel that that's the only way to worship at school or work. You know, you can worship at work by being a person of integrity. Stop stealing the office stationery. Be a person of integrity. Work and do your bit over there. Don't be the office gossip. I dare you to say that three times very fast. The office gossip. When you're at school, don't cheat on your tests. Be a person of integrity. Don't be the one that spreads rumors, e-rumors about your friends. Don't gang up on others. Don't look for embarrassing photos and spread those. Be a person of integrity. You know, it's better to get an F or an E But you did so, should say, honestly, then cheat to get a B, isn't it? What is more worshipful to God? Well, you can say, should there be a choice? Can't I get a B honestly? Yes, you can. So the what we do, the lifestyle we live, is always telling God what we're doing towards Him, whether we're trying to glorify Him or not. So one of our to our um, vision in our church is no. Now what does that mean? What are we trying to achieve? What do we want to achieve as a body? We want to help each person develop a daily lifestyle of worship and help each person develop a close relationship with, Jesus, with God as their Father, the Holy Spirit as their friend and helper and with Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. So if you're not there you could be there because God wants you to be there. Amen. So when we look at God's word, there are different ways to worship. Some of it's with words, some are without words. Let's look at what those ways are to worship God without words. There are going to be six ways, but the first one includes words and music. Alright? Then the other five you will see don't really require words. So the first way we worship God truly is praising God with songs and instruments. Psalm 27 verse 6 says, I will sing and make music to the Lord. There's singing and there's music. Psalm 150 verse 3 onward says, Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. That's kind of similar to our guitars. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and the flute. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. So I don't know if you're more of a hymn person or a chorus person and if you feel God should be worshipped with hymns or hey 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 let's move on we're doing choruses now what is the difference well it's very simple an old farmer went to the city one weekend he attended a big church he came home and his wife asked him well what was the service like well the farmer said it was good they do things differently though they sang Choruses instead of hymns. The wife said, chorus? What is a chorus? Well, they sort of like hymns. They're just a little bit different. The farmer said, well, what's the difference? Asked the wife. The farmer said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn. That would be a hymn. But if on the other hand, I were to say to you, Martha, Martha, Martha. Oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. The cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and the white cows, the cows, 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 and when the corn, 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 that would be a chorus. (laughs) You're saying the same thing to the Lord. It's just a different way of doing it. You know, the French have a proverb. You want to decide about hymns or choruses. The French have a proverb which states, a good meal ought to start with hunger a good meal ought to start with hunger if you're hungry it doesn't matter what's put before you you're going to appreciate that meal well worship starts with hunger if you're hungry for god and you have a desire to worship god whether they're singing a chorus or a hymn it's not going to matter to you you're here to bless the lord so effective worship true worship is praising god with songs and instruments but not getting too hung up about whether it's a hymn or an instrument, we're beating a drum, or we're just using our voices. The second way we worship God, now we're going to go to worshiping God without words, is personal holiness and obedience. Romans 12:1 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual Act of worship. 1 Peter 2, verse 12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans and believers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So it says not everybody is going to be for you as a Christian. Some people are going to be downright opposing you. But it says you just keep your testimony consistent, keep your lifestyle good and holy. They want to have a choice on the day that God comes, returns, to say, listen, there's no arguing with that lifestyle. That person was obedient. All right? And they will give God praise. So when you and I are living obedient lives, it's a form of worship. When you're tempted and you are wrestling, you're not only wrestling to obey, you're wrestling to worship you wrestling to come out of this encounter with sin and keep your holiness intact, your integrity, your testimony, your conviction intact. You want to say, when I get to church on Sunday, these hands want to be clean. I don't want to be lifting up hands that have sinned before the Lord. I don't want to be slandering people in all the week and gossiping and then say, I love you, Lord. God's going to say, you love me, but you hate everybody else. Can you stop loving me and love everybody else and then come back and love me? From that aspect, worship isn't easy. But you know, the Bible says, bring God a sacrifice. Sacrifice what you wanted in that moment. And then you obey God, what the flesh wanted. You be obedient and then you bring God that offering of obedience. The third way That we offer God true worship is using our money, our wealth, our possessions to further God's purposes. So Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim over with new wine. So he says over there, Honor the Lord, that's bring glory to God with your first fruit. That's the offerings. We don't bring fruit. But we do bring money the money we bring and the way we bring it is an act of worship when you bring the first fruit the whole tithe it's worship when you bring what's left over because you were afraid to run out of money that's not worship When you and I bring it and there's joy, and even in the Bible, people had to be restrained, stop. that's worship. But when we have to be put on a guilt trip, that's not worship. So David said in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 3. In my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything else, I provided in this holy temple. So, how much? David, one Chronicles twenty-nine verse four says, "I have given a hundred and fifteen tons of the purest gold, and sorry, two hundred and sixty-five tons of pure silver." for the decorating of the walls of the temple. Listen, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and rich. David was rich. These guys, David far outstripped the people of today. And here's the difference about David. You don't hear Elon Musk giving billions away. You hear him making the money. David made the money and he gave it to God. Now that's the difference. I wanted to say anybody could be a billionaire, but that's not really true. (laughs) What I wanted to say is, what I mean is, anybody can make money and keep it. It takes a worshipper to give the money away. It takes a worshipper to give the money away. Can I get an amen? It takes a worshipper to give the money away to give it first to give it best and to give it all that is due now we're worshipping now we're not saying I love you we're just letting our actions prove it Luke 7 verse 4 says this man deserves to have you do this for him because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue so here we had a centurion pretty wealthy man a Roman officer good wage fairly wealthy good middle class guy and the Jew said of him, he put up the local synagogue. We were meeting under a tree. We were meeting in somebody's garage. Every week we were looking for a place. He said, let's bring this to an end. The people of God need a building to meet every single week. Sometimes it's cold. They want to be in a warm building. Sometimes it's hot. Let's get them out of the sun. So he built the synagogue. And what did he do? He said, I'm not adding a wing to my house. This week or this year... I'm not renewing my car. I'm keeping my call, the same one for another five years, in order to take that money and devote it to God. The end result was a Jewish synagogue. Now, I want to say, long after that centurion died, his giving was giving. Amen? You can make your giving go very far. You can take 150 bucks, splash it on a great big, super-sized Mac meal and after an hour it's gone or you can take that 150 rand and you say I'm going to buy a Bible for somebody for whom 150 rand is more like a thousand bucks and I'm going to donate it through a mission organization and that person will have the word of God their own personal Bible for the rest of their life how many times is God going to speak to them keep them strong through just a simple gift of 150. That's how you make your giving go far. Your worship is continuing, testifying about your generosity long after you. If we're thinking that giving is about money, it's one of those things that we make a mistake of. Giving is about worship. Giving is about worship. And when we give... We know it comes at a personal cost to us. Don't think that God is just going to give you so much that you're just going to need to tap in the overflow. Sometimes God is going to say, I want you to make a choice this month. What are you going to do? I want to make your month this month purposefully a little bit tight because I want you to get to the end of the month and I want you to wrestle with worship or keeping it for yourself you find the next month will go on but you've passed the test do you understand they're going to be months like that and it's not because god is giving not giving returning not returning it's just god is wanting to give our worship keep our worship shop embrace those times the fourth thing true worship is is walking in loving and healthy relationships with others so matthew 5 23 says if you're offering your gift on the altar And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother or your sister. Then come and offer your gift. The Bible says when we are singing to God and we're wanting to connect to God. But through our behavior, we've broken our relationships with people. God says, stop, stop. Go and be reconciled to your brother and sister. Say you're sorry. I didn't mean it. Can we start again? Whatever is needed. Then, once you've been reconciled to people, be reconciled to God. It's easy to stay on friendly terms with God. Not so easy to stay on friendly terms with people, isn't that so? But we need to be people who worship God in spirit and in truth, with sincerity. So, when we come to our church services, and the worship begins, we need to be at peace with other people. It disturbs our worship anyway. So Amos 5.21 says, I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring me choice, fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Way away with the noise of your songs, I won't listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. You see what was happening then. People were saying. We treated people. In a bad way. Okay everybody does that. But at least I'm bringing an offering to the Lord. And God's going to be. Pleased with that. Right? God says. I'm not really into cows. Somebody should have sold you that a long time ago. Chickens. Goats, sheep, God says, "Uh, depends how you bring it to me. If you bring it as a person of peace, that little chicken will be such a great offering. But you can bring a cow and you're fighting with everybody around you and God will say, "Mm, go back, take the cow back, be reconciled then come to me as a person of peace. So he says, what is the use of calling yourself a Christian? You own a business. But you're not fair to your workers. You don't give them due. You take all the profits and you just figure it's your business. You can do with the money as you want. But you're unjust in the way you pay your workers. That's injustice. When you use your power and your influence to deny the poor. When you won't even share the abundance that you have. When you treat other human beings made in my image with such contempt... But you come and you say, I love you. I just don't love your children. God says, hey, 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 hey. You, you, you come between me and my children? Huh? Love my children, and then I know you love me. So it's very important that we live at peace with other people. and We come before the Lord, doing the right thing in society. Number five, true worship is taking care of the poor and needy. So James says it very clearly in the easy-to-read version. James 1.27 The worship that God wants is this, caring for orphans or widows who need help and keeping yourself free from the world's evil influences. This is the kind of worship that God accepts as pure and good. Acts 4.34 None of them could say they needed anything. Everyone who owned fields or houses sold them. They brought the money they got and gave it to the apostles. Then everyone who was given, then everyone, sorry, was given whatever they needed. One of the believers named Joseph. The apostles called him Barnabas, a name that means one who encourages others. He was a Levite born in Cyprus. Joseph sold a field he owned. He brought the money, gave it to the apostles. The apostles distributed. God is concerned for the poor and we're connected to God, His attitude, the heart of God, will be developed in us. We can never say, we love God, and close our hearts to the poor, and come and worship God. So look at Mother Teresa. Can you see her? Mother Teresa in India. Can you see how she's worshipping God there? She's like the dunny. Of India, There's a worship session going on right there, but nobody's playing an instrument. Nobody's lifting up their hands, but she's worshiping God because the Bible says that's worship, to take care of the orphans and the widows in their time of need. It's a way to worship. You see, we think worship is the songs and the lips moving and the instruments being played, and God says, no, it's about a lifestyle. It's the way you live. It's the way you relate. It's the way you care. Taking care of the poor and needy. Then finally, true worship is a life of sacrificial service. So 1 Peter 4 says, If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that, look at this, in all things, God may be praised. So he's saying, so that God may be praised through your service. To Jesus Christ be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So Matthew chapter 4 verse 10, Jesus said to Satan, Away from me, Satan. It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Now that word serve is the other common word for worship in the New Testament. It pops up in a similar phrase in the English Bible in the Old Testament. How many times does the Old Testament say serve the Lord? Worship the Lord, serve Him only. You see, when you and I choose to say this life, this schedule, this money is not mine. I'm not going to take control over it, Lord. But I'm always going to be available for what you want me to do. Do you need me to do anything, Lord? That's fine, tell me. I've got the time. I always make time for you. Lord, is there a need in your kingdom? Can I help out? I'm always available for you. Lord, is somebody in need? I can spare this money right now. Who should I give it to? When you and I choose to make our lives a sacrificial offering for God, then we worship Him. Anybody can sing, You are one all in all on a Sunday morning. Anybody can sing, I love you from the death of my heart. That's easy. But there's got to be a connection between our lifestyle and our worship on a Sunday morning. Then our worship becomes that worship that God appreciates. You know, our praise and worship team in our church is probably, percentage-wise, one of the biggest praise and worship teams in South Africa. And if you know that, Like Pastor, your maths not good. Let me explain. Dennis plays the guitar. Maybe Vicky was singing. Christy's over there, and that's the worship team. Really, is that the worship team? When Des and Chantal are pouring hot water for you, that's worship going on there. When the ushers greet you and somebody cleans the church before we get you, there was already worship happening yesterday. This place was empty. But Aldi was cleaning the church. Worship was happening. When the Sunday school teachers are preparing lessons in their personal time in the weekend, when they've come home and they just want to put their feet up, but they've got a Sunday school teachers meeting to get to. That's worship. It's a sacrifice they make to give to God. You see how big a praise and worship team is in the church? When somebody, a piwek, somebody is spraying your hands with sanitizer they said bless your lord bless your lord that's what's happening there when arena comes and counts the money and in the week she pulls up Uh, i'm here to count the offering on a friday morning from there i'm going to take it and i'm going to bank it what is she doing she's not singing But she's worshiping. She says, God, every Friday you can count on me to count the money and take it to the bank. So we count it, Lord, and I'm going to worship you. You see, God doesn't need people to say, I'll worship you when I get free time. If I get free time. He needs people to say, I will worship you all the time. Now, how many people are waiting for their schedules to free up So they can just have time to give to God. Listen, if you wait for free time, we see you in heaven. All right? We see you in heaven. If you wait until the angel Gabriel appears one night and says, I want you to serve and do this. Man, Gabriel's not coming. Let me tell you, Gabriel ain't coming. He knows your address. God's just, well, you just do what you need to do. If you and I don't serve God, we're self-serving. If you and I are not serving God, who are we serving? He's the other guy. I wouldn't like to mention him. But that is an alternative. Listen. Listen. The only way to worship God is to make a sacrifice. The only way to worship God is is God is going to require you to make a choice about something that's close to your heart. And that's going to be your act of worship. He said, Abraham, I gave you Isaac, but it looks like you love Isaac more than me. Let me put that to the test. Would you give me Isaac? And the way I want you to give him to me is to kill him. Abraham says, you want him? He's yours. He's dead. Tomorrow, no Isaac. So God says, brave words, Abram. I'll meet you here tomorrow afternoon. When Isaac's on the altar, I want to see if you're going to follow through. So many people worshiping me with their lips. So the next day, they went up to that mountain. Abram got away from where there would have been any witnesses. And he was just about to... It came down to the 99th second. If Abraham had been a second faster than God, God would have said, oops, what do I do now? But God is in control. God already had that ram planned the day before, getting ready. But God just wanted to see where his heart was. Aren't you glad that God tests you but doesn't require you to go all the way of making a sacrifice? But if I say, God, I really love this thing, but I love you more. So it's easy for me to part with it. I really cherish my free time. Lord, I'm really under a lot of pressure from the moment I get into the vehicle. I've got a long distance to drive. Then I've got a hectic schedule. I get in the car, get home late. I just value just a half an hour free time. But if God, you need that half an hour for me to serve and make a difference, it's yours. It's yours. Do you understand? But we're not doing it for any other reason but to express our devotion to the Lord. So we sing a song, and I don't know if you know about Jesus' song. This is a song that Jesus sang. It's a chorus in the New Testament. Can I take you there? You may have seen it. All right. It's Matthew 26, 39. My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will... But as you will. That's the song that Jesus sang. That was the chorus to Jesus' famous, favorite worship song. He sang it again in Matthew 26 42, just a few verses later. My Father, it's not possible for this cup to be taken unless I drink it. May your will be done. So there's Jesus' favorite chorus line may your will be done your will be done not my will but your will be done so does he sing it again and this is how I know it's a chorus and not a hymn because he did it three times Matthew 26 42 my father it's not possible for this cup to be taken may your will be done I wonder if that's one of our favorite choruses Jesus sang it in John 5 verse 13 in a different way I seek not to please myself but him who sent me you know we sing a song we sing that same song Our words are, I surrender all. I surrender all. Sometimes it's all but that thing. And other times it really is all. Don't sing that song with reservations in an area of your life. Sing, God, I feel a little bit stretched the way you are. Asking things of me and the sacrifices, I believe. But there's more in me. If you ask for more, I can do it. Because any act of worship is going to be accompanied by grace. Don't ever feel that you need to obey God in your own strength. He'll always give you grace to arise to the challenge. So what is true worship? True worship is praising God with songs and instruments. We've been looking at that, the actions of the Old Testament. But let's move it to a lifestyle. True worship is personal holiness and obedience. Is using our money, wealth and possessions to further God's purposes. It's walking in loving and healthy relationships with other people. It's taking care of the poor and needy. It's a life of sacrificial service. That's worship. So Justin called Justin the martyr because he was executed for his faith in 165 AD, just shortly after Jesus, just as the time of the apostles were coming to an end. His life and his leadership in the church helped to shape the lives of many other believers. He is on record as having given us the oldest description of how people used to run church in those days, apart from the Bible. This is what he wrote. On the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in the country gather together in one place. And the memoirs of the apostles, which we know as the books of the New Testament, all the writings of the prophets, which we know as the Old Testament. These are read as long as the time permits. Then when the reader has stopped, the president, the pastor, nice title, not bad. It can grow on us. But the pastor then says, and he encourages the congregation, he says, now go and imitate these things. See the way they did worship there? They read God's word. Then just before they close, the pastor says, now the things that you've heard, go and live them out. Go and imitate the lifestyle of Christ. What is he saying? He's trying to get us to understand that your worship reaches far beyond the Sunday service. That your, that your praise of God extends way beyond the singing of songs. Don't put any limitations. Whatever you do, when in your heart, what you're wanting to do is worship God. God will receive that from you as praise and worship. Amen. 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 Can we get ready to now express our worship in a song of praise? Let's stand together. Let's think about the worship that we do bring to God on a Sunday, and then let's think about how we can continue that in our lifestyle. Let's raise our hands to the Lord for a moment. Say, Lord, you know that I want to be a worshiper. It's what is in my heart. Now, Lord, teach me how to worship. Show me the opportunities that I have to worship long after this service ends. And Father, we thank you that there's grace to enable us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbaptchurch.org.